This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Davin Lundquist, CMIO of Ambulatory Services in the Ventura Market of Dignity Health and Common Spirit. Davin, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Now, before we begin our discussion, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your background? Yeah. Um, so Davin Lundquist, um, family physician by training, um, did you know, medical school at USC and then uh, residency through the Navy, um, eventually ended up in the Ventura area and, and joined Dignity Health about eight years ago as um, a CMIO in, in the California area on the ambulatory side. I've continued to practice uh, during that time and, you know, have led a, a lot of different initiatives from, you know, EHR optimization and rollouts and conversions and, uh, and then, you know, introducing new technology and different things. One of those was a, a solution from a company called Augmetics, which does virtual medical documentation and live clinical support. About a year ago, I, I joined them as their chief medical officer part-time as well. A lot of different things going on. I, I still practice, um, still see patients, you know, one to two days a week. And, and that's definitely still my, the favorite part of my, my work. Well, fantastic. We're really glad to have you here. And I'm looking forward to gaining your insight on a few of the issues during the podcast. Um, my first question is, how has COVID-19 changed your strategy and view around virtual care technology? Well, I think, uh, yeah, this one, you know, was sort of a good, a good change, right, I think, which was um, as the pandemic hit, and obviously, you know, not just healthcare, but lots of, you know, different industries have had to adapt um, and start to work remotely. And, um, and so I think, you know, healthcare and has kind of been slow to do this over the years. And for obvious reasons, um, you know, there's very sensitive, there's a sensitive, you know, service that we provide. There's um, lots of nuances to, to getting it right. And, you know, people's lives are on the line, right? So, you know, we wanted to be sure that we were always doing the most appropriate type of care. And so with the pandemic, we didn't really have a choice, right? If we wanted to stay in touch with our patients, uh, we needed to move into the virtual space. And so, um, you know, video visits were um, even telephone visits for a little while um, until we got, uh, I think, more comfortable with a video visit workflow. Um, but that obviously has been a big push um, in our health system. Um, I'm grateful that, you know, Common Spirit as kind of an enterprise supporting, you know, Dignity Health and, and CHI across the country um, really committed to this, right? They they went all in. They they got the right tools, um, and in front of the doctors, you know, made it easy for um, patients and, and and doctors to connect. Um, and then, you know, in addition to just getting sort of comfortable with that virtual care workflow, um, we kind of reorganized a little bit, kind of how we operated in terms of, you know, um, you know which patients. Um, could still come to the clinics, you know, there, there was still some live care that needed to happen. And so, you know, how did we do that in a safe, that would be both safe for our patients and for our um, staff and clinicians. And so um, in our market, we, we came up with having, you know, a sick clinic or, or what we call our respiratory clinic, where we could actually see sick patients. And, and the team that's there was, was able to, um, you know, sort of get really comfortable with the, all the PPE that was needed and, you know, how to, how to be as safe as possible on both sides of that equation and, and get comfortable really evaluating these patients, um, doing the testing, 
uh, et cetera, you know, related to COVID. And that way in the other clinics, uh, we could really focus on the patients that weren't sick, that didn't have a fever or cough or other things. Um, we were able to space out the care, um, you know, do partial in-person, partial video. Um, and, and it just allowed us to kind of get back to meeting the demand that we have for, for our patients. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, how do you see enterprise imaging and radiology evolving in the future? You know, I think we've seen, continue to see technology progress, right, in, in all areas. Um, obviously, you know, the, the digital and remote and virtual technologies have been front and center this year. Um, but, you know, everything's evolving. You know, we, we're getting better um, resolution and, and, you know, better um, artificial intelligence, better, um, you know, the, our chips are faster, they can process more, they can, they can do all these things. And so when I thought about this, I, I, I feel like there's a few different areas where we might see some improvement um, and for it to evolve. And one would be the quality of those images, right? It kind of makes sense if we have better processors, you know, better, faster computers, um, you know, better hardware, we should be able to increase the quality and resolution of the imaging that we're capturing. Um, and maybe there'll even be some breakthroughs in sort of new, uh, new imaging technology. You know, we've kind of had the same buckets of, of uh, imaging for a while. Um, so I would expect something new to break through there. Um, and then I think convenient, you know, with um, the pandemic, obviously, you know, we've changed the way that we interact with our patients. And I think, you know, um, when you go to get an imaging test, um, there's a lot to that. Obviously, the hardware is big in a lot of cases, but I think there's going to be an evolution towards making that more convenient. Maybe, um, you know, smaller centers, uh, possibly the, the hardware will get smaller. Um, maybe there'll be, you know, from your phone or from, from a home device that, that might partner with a, a, a you know, bigger hardware uh, at the enterprise level. Um, I, I would expect to see some big movement in that, in that area. I think the accuracy of interpretation should continue to improve. You know, I think one of the areas where we've seen, you know, AI have some reliability is, is in um, interpreting of images. Um, because it's a, you know, you're essentially talking about lots of little pieces of data and pixels um, that create patterns. It, it's sort of a natural fit for AI to really help and um, be, I think, um, synergistic with, with the human interpretations. Um, and then hopefully as we get, rem you know, all this remote technology that we have that um, we'll be able to integrate, you know, all of that evolving technology better into the point of care, right? So as a practicing primary care doctor, um, maybe my ability to sort of pull up that image or, or you know, see that image in, in, in lots of different ways and have a discussion with the patient and talk about what we're seeing and what we're doing and what to expect. Um, I think that will also evolve and, and improve over, you know, in the near future. Well, fantastic. It sounds like there is a lot of possibility and opportunity in both radiology and enterprise imaging spaces to really grow and develop the technology and have a better outcomes for patients, which is very exciting. 
Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I want to ask you about leadership. Could you please provide three pieces of advice that you would have for aspiring leaders today? Um, yeah, so I think um, one of the things that really impacted me many years ago was um, this concept that I think Simon Sinek has made you know, popular. I don't know if he was the first person to come up with it, but really knowing and understanding your own personal why. Um, I think, you know, the saying is, you know, people are much more likely to listen to what you're saying if they know why you're saying it and really what's motivating you and what's behind it, right? And I think um, it also just kind of helps, I think, um, keep you motivated yourself, right? If you kind of understand your passion and your interests and why you're doing it. And, you know, for me, it's pretty simple, you know, in healthcare, um, I just really enjoy helping patients feel better. And, you know, when I, I know when I exercise or when I'm feeling good and I feel like those endorphins are high and I just have energy and I just, I just want to do a lot of good things when I feel that way. And so helping patients get to that same feeling suggest that you know they're gonna good things in their lives and they're gonna make a difference and and really elevate you know those around them so i think getting to your why is really important um and then the second thing would be in healthcare. i think the servant leadership style works really well um there's lots of different leadership styles and and um i'm sure many of them would work but i, I think in healthcare, most of us went into healthcare. it's a service industry right we we want to serve those that we that we're caring for. And so I think the leadership style that matches up well with that is the servant leadership style. And then finally, the third thing I'd say is stay connected to those that you serve and that you represent. So as a physician, if I'm you know, trying to be a leader of other physicians or to advocate on behalf of my physicians, I need to stay close to what they're experiencing. And you know, for me personally, I've done that by continuing to practice. Um, I don't think that's the only way you can do that, but I think, um, you know, understanding what they're going through, what their pain points are, where they need help um, allows you to obviously advocate and represent them better as a leader. I love that idea of being able to stay connected with patients and really understanding what their needs are and, and then being able to incorporate that on your end of things with your teams and the clinical teams. That sounds like, you know, it'll just make everybody better uh, in the long run. So thank you so much, Davin, for being here today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for having me.